Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Tonight, we are going to open up a new can of beans and I'm going to be teaching you on learning how to receive from God. Learning how to receive from God. So this particular study tonight is all about learning the process by which we receive from God what He has already given us in Christ Jesus. According to the Bible, not to our own experiences, but what the Word of God says, that God has done His part where our salvation is concerned. In other words, He has nothing more to give. All that needed to be done was done through Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. When he shed his blood, he died, he was buried, and on the third day he rose again. So from God's point of view, it is finished. Nothing to add to it. Jesus purchased an all-inclusive salvation for everyone who believes the good news as well as every other blessing that we receive from God. The price the Lord Jesus paid was his precious blood. In the epistle of Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18 and 19, the scripture says, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. We see clearly here that the price that was paid for our salvation was the very life, the very blood of the Son of God, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So in this particular study, we will look at the order of receiving. God is a God of order. Whatever He does, He does it with order and with excellence. Therefore, we need to understand God's process of receiving from Him. And in order to do that, we will look at some scriptures from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through to 13, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through to 13. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, 
yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. What these verses of Scripture tell us is that God has already prepared or set aside things, things both spiritual and natural for those who love Him. God has already prepared them God has already given them, and He has deposited into every born-again child of God. They are in your heavenly account. Whatever you need to live a godly life has already been provided for you when you got born again. Now, these things that the Bible speaks about, they are in Christ. Everything that God has given us is in Christ Jesus. Scripture also tells us that these things, which are already given and prepared for us, cannot be known or perceived by our physical senses. In other words, you can't see them in the natural, you can't hear them, you can't touch them, you can't uh, smell them or feel them because they are spiritual. They're not natural. The scripture also tells us that those who are born by the Spirit of God and filled with the Spirit have received inside information or knowledge of those things which have been freely given to us by God. This is a tremendous verse of Scripture, one that we should learn of by heart. It is encouraging and beneficial to often confess this very word from God. I have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that I might know the things that have been freely given to me by God. I confess this often. You need to do the same. I have not received the Spirit of the world, but I have received the Spirit who is from God that I might know. That word is very important. The things that have been freely given to me by God. The Spirit we received from God, according to the Bible, imparts to our spirit knowledge of the things which belong to us in Christ Jesus, as children of the living God. So the first step in this process of receiving anything from God is knowledge. It's important that you understand this. The first step 
in the process of receiving anything from God is knowledge. Knowledge of what belongs to you empowers you and positions you to receive what is already yours in Christ Jesus. You don't have to beg. You don't have to cry. You don't have to strive to receive. It's already yours. It's been deposited into your heavenly account. The problem arises when we do not know how to withdraw those things from the spiritual realm so that they can manifest in this physical, natural realm. And that's what we're going to learn. So the first step in receiving anything from God is to have knowledge of what belongs to you. Now, this kind of knowledge that we are speaking about, the knowledge that the Spirit of God imparts to your spirit, is spiritual knowledge because it comes directly from the Spirit of God by the revelation of the Word of God. It is not natural knowledge, knowledge which, uh, which it, it, you see, we have two kinds of knowledge. The knowledge that comes from our physical senses. You know something because you see it. You know it because you hear it. Uh, I know I, I am sitting here at my table because I can see it, I can feel it, I can touch it. That's knowledge that's natural. It comes through the five physical senses. Now, this kind of knowledge that we're speaking about, it's not natural knowledge, but knowledge that operates outside of our intellect as well as our natural or physical senses. That's why the... The scripture says what we just read in the beginning. It says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor have entered into the mind of men or the heart of men the things which God has prepared for those who love him. You see here, it's very clear. It says our physical senses are incapable of perceiving or knowing what belongs to us. The only way we can know that is by the revelation of the Spirit. So, only the people who have the Spirit of God can receive this kind of knowledge that I'm speaking to you about. The Bible also says in 1 Corinthians 2.14 that the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Here, the Bible speaks of three types of people. The natural man, the carnal man, and the spiritual man. The natural man refers to the man who does not have the Spirit of God. The carnal man is one who has received the Spirit of God, but has not grown or developed spiritually. He is still a babe in Christ, and he continues to be governed by his five physical senses, or by the flesh. But the spiritual man is one who has matured 
and developed spiritually and is able to be led and governed by the indwelling Spirit of God that lives within it. In other words, he knows the Holy Spirit, he has fellowship with the Spirit, recognizes the Spirit's movement and promptings and voice, and is able to be led and governed by the Spirit of God in all of the affairs of life. Now let's look at these two kinds of knowledge that we are speaking about. It's important for us to understand this. As I've mentioned, there are two kinds of knowledge. In the Greek, we have two different words for these two kinds of knowledge. One is gnosis, which is natural knowledge or head knowledge. The other one is called epignosis, which is revelation knowledge or heart knowledge, or if I can put it this way, experiential knowledge. One is natural, and it comes through our five physical senses, and the other is spiritual, and it comes from the Spirit of God through the Word of God. Revelation knowledge, or knowledge that is spiritual, is key to receiving from God. So, we need to have spiritual knowledge and spiritual understanding of what truly belongs to us in Christ Jesus. Most of us have natural knowledge, or rather intellectual knowledge, or head knowledge, call it whatever you will, of what belongs to us in Christ Jesus. But this kind of knowledge is insufficient and inadequate to receive from God. It's, it's not possible. Let me give you a couple of examples in order for you to understand what I'm talking about. For example, most of us know that God loves us. Amen? Most of us know that God cares for us as a father cares for his children. We know that because either we've read it in the Bible or we heard a pastor or a preacher preach along those lines. But we still go to bed at night worrying about tomorrow, stressing about our future, our children, their future, and we are fearful about many things. The reason being is because the knowledge we possess in this area is intellectual or head knowledge and not heart knowledge, not revelation knowledge. You see, spiritual knowledge of God's love, when you know that you know that you know in your heart that God loves you, it produces the fruit of peace, the fruit of joy, and there is a spiritual rest that comes upon you. You put your head on the pillow and you sleep like a baby, as opposed to fear and anxiety. You see the difference? Let me give you another example. Most of us know that the scripture says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And many of us can quote this very scripture, but we are still fearful and we are still confused. Why is it? If we know the scripture, 
If we know what God says, why then are we still fearful? Why are we still confused, perplexed? Because the knowledge we have is intellectual and not spiritual, not heart knowledge. It's head. We know it in our head, but it hasn't dropped into our heart. And it cannot produce what it's meant to produce. Let me give you a third example. We might know the word says, and many of you can quote this verse, that my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. But my experience is that my needs are still not met and I'm still struggling to pay my bills, even though I know what the scripture says. I know what the scripture says about relationships, about marriage, but I'm still struggling in my relationships. Why? Because the knowledge we possess in these areas that I've mentioned or any other area is only head knowledge and not heart knowledge. Are you with me so far? You see, because we know it in our head, we think that it's sufficient, it's enough. It's not enough. That head knowledge needs to become heart knowledge. And so we, we must go beyond head knowledge. Amen? Therefore, in receiving from God, we must move beyond head knowledge beyond intellectual or natural knowledge into what we call revelation knowledge and spiritual understanding. We must step out of our natural and physical senses into the realm of the Spirit and there meet with God, have fellowship with Him in the Spirit. Why? Because God is Spirit. The blessing of the Lord is spiritual but it does manifest in the natural realm. Well, you say, well, how are we going to step out of our natural and physical senses into the realm of the Spirit? I'm glad you asked the question. I will answer that. But before I do that, I'm going to also say that God, according to the Scriptures, is Spirit. And those who worship Him, Jesus said, must worship Him how? in spirit and in truth. You see, fellowship with God is a spiritual exercise. It's not even a mental or intellectual exercise. The way we fellowship with God is in the spirit. Our spirit, our newborn again spirit, communicates with the spirit of God because when the spirit of God came, he didn't come in our head, nor in our body, he came into our spirits. That's where we have fellowship. That's where we have fellowship with God in the spirit. Well, how can I step out of the natural realm into the spiritual? By meditating in the Word of God. This is something that not many believers know how to do. Meditating in the Word of God. You see, the Word is full of the Spirit. Once you meditate, you begin to fellowship with God in the Word, it will take you out of the natural into the spiritual realm 
and there the Spirit will impart to you knowledge beyond what your eyes can see and beyond what your ears can hear. In other words, it will show you things in the Spirit, those things that God has prepared for you. What has He prepared? He has prepared a wonderful future for every one of His children. Your destiny is in the Spirit. Your purpose is in the Spirit. Your identity is in the Spirit. The call of God on your life is in the Spirit. All of these things are in the realm of the Spirit. You'll never get to find out what God has in store for you until you step out of the natural into the spiritual realm. And the way we do that is by meditation in the Word of God. Each one of us needs to learn how to meditate in God's Word. Jesus said that the words He speaks, they are spirit and they are life. The Spirit of God, as you take the written Word of God or the promises of God and you meditate in them, will show you things that belong to you. Amen. He will also show you plans and purposes for your life. You see, God has a wonderful plan for your life. He has a wonderful purpose for your life. And if you want to know what that plan or what that purpose is, you're going to have to step out of the natural into the spiritual because that's where you're going to find Him. Amen. There is no other way for Him to impart or reveal these things to you. He will show you the plans. He will show you the purposes for your life. And He will give you spiritual wisdom and understanding in order for you to succeed in life. I take that as an example of my own life. Up to the age of 23 and a half, everything I touched turned to dust. I was a failure going somewhere to happen. Amen. Failure in my marriage, failure in my relationships, failure in my business that went bust, failure in my body, my health deteriorated, nothing worked. When I came to Christ, received the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, I received spiritual understanding and wisdom how to make the right choices in life. Not only how to make the right choices in life, but empowered to make the right decisions in life, which led to the success of my life. So, here is a word that I want you to write down. Meditation brings revelation. Meditation brings revelation. We meditate the word. What does that mean? That means... We are to roll it over and over in our minds. We are to think about that. You read a passage of Scripture. Stop for a while and begin to think about what you read. Picture yourself like you were there. Imagine you are there as Jesus is speaking. As you meditate the Word, the Spirit of God will take that Word and make it alive in you. That's what the Spirit does. Until the Word becomes flesh, so to speak, in us. Or we could say it this way, until we assimilate the very Word that we're meditating on 
into our very being, into our spirit, and is no longer the logos or the written word, but it becomes the rhema word or the spoken word of God. So, for example, if you need restoration in your marriage, what do you do? You go to the scriptures that refer to the marriage relationship. If you're a husband, you go to what the Word of God instructs husbands to do. Husband, love your wives as Christ also loved the church. Stop there. Meditate. What does it mean? This was something that I had to meditate over and over and over again because my marriage was bankrupt. I had to restore trust uh, for my wife to trust me again because I ran away and left her. I read First Peter chapter 3 that says, Husbands, live with your wives according to knowledge, being the weaker vessel. So I camped on those verses. I meditated on them again and again, day after day, until the Word became flesh in me and I started to behave like one who loves his wife. Just because I knew it in my head didn't affect my marriage. It had to get down into my spirit. For example, you need healing for your body. Take what the Bible says about healing, the, the promises of God, the scriptures that promises you healing, divine health. Meditate on them. How long? I don't know. As long as it takes until the word stays in you and becomes life to you and you begin to walk in the blessing of healing. I remember when I first got born again, I was really tormented by migraine headaches. Every single day, my, heart, my, my head would burst. At one time, they had to call the doctor in and give me an injection because I couldn't, I, it was far too much to bear. When I got born again, I camped on the healing scriptures from, excuse me, from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And within six months, it took me six months. It all depends. Some people take shorter, some people take longer. I meditated. I didn't even pray about it. I just took the word and put it into my head, put it into my ears, read it constantly until it dropped into my heart. Migraine headaches were broken, never again. I was set free from it. You see, Psalm 119 verse 130 says, The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. So we need to learn that before we rush out and pray and ask God for these things, we need to get into the Word. We need to meditate the Word. Because the word is spiritual and it must drop from our heads into our spirits. Then we become what the word says. The word becomes flesh. Amen. Are you, are you with me so far? That's the process we need to go through. The first step is knowledge and not natural heart knowledge. So meditation in the word transforms natural knowledge into heart knowledge. It's the process by which we move 
beyond head knowledge into heart knowledge. Meditation in the Word of God. Take 10 minutes. If you're not used to meditating in the Word, take 10 minutes a day. Meditate in the Word. Learn. Get into the habit of doing that. Jesus referred to this principle when he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. What did he mean by that? He was not referring to physical hearing, but he was referring to the hearing of the Spirit. All of us have physical ears, but only those who have the Spirit of God within them have spiritual ears, which are able to hear the Spirit. So transformation and change can only come when our spiritual hearing is restored and activated by the Spirit of God. And Jesus testified to that. You remember what he said in Matthew 13, verse 15. He talked about people with dulled hearts. He said, for the hearts of this people have grown dull. The ears, talking about not the physical ears, but the spiritual ears, their ears are hard of hearing, their eyes they have closed, speaking about spiritual hearing and spiritual vision, sight. Lest they should see with their eyes, not with his eyes, with the eyes of the Spirit, and hear with the ears, lest they should understand with the hearts and turn so that I should heal them. You see, before we receive deliverance or healing or prosperity, these things must take place before that happens. What things? Our spiritual senses need to be activated by the Spirit and the Word of God. You see, spiritual sight and spiritual hearing and spiritual understanding is a prerequisite in receiving anything from God. Whatever you're going to receive, you're going to have to receive at first with your spirit. If you don't receive it with your spirit or with your heart, it will never stay. You see, God works from the inside on and comes to the outside. Healing is spiritual. Restoration is spiritual. Prosperity is spiritual. But it manifests in this natural, physical world. Now, these spiritual senses are activated in our lives through the Holy Spirit, which is given to us. You see, let me give you an example. The very life of the disciples are a testimony to what I'm sharing with you prior to Pentecost. Even though they have been with Jesus for three and a half years, they sat under his teaching and ministry, they saw all the miracles that he did, including raising the dead. But it brought no lasting change or transformation in their lives. They were still anxious. They were still proud and arrogant. They were arguing who would be the, who would be the top shot, who would be the greatest among them. You can see they were very proud, very arrogant. They were still unbelieving. They were doubtful. 
They were afraid despite all the teaching they received from Jesus. Many times we read in the New Testament, the Lord rebuked them for the lack of understanding and dullness of heart. And he would say to them, how is it that you are so dull? Didn't you see the thousands that I fed? Didn't you see that I took two, two loaves and five fish and fed thousands of people? How is it that you worried that you have not taken any bread with you? Are you so dull? Yes, they were. They couldn't receive spiritual things because they did not have the spirit at that time. And all the teaching they received did nothing for them. It filled the head with knowledge, but had no power to change them. And this is what we're talking about. Perhaps now you can understand why is it some people, after all the teaching they receive, they still remain the same. There's no change. No change at all. They're still the same. They're still worrying. They're still fretting. They're still fussing. They're still proud and arrogant. No change. But they've been sitting in church for years, hearing sermon after sermon after sermon. What happened? Their spiritual senses have not been activated. In other words, they heard with the physical ears, but they heard nothing with the spiritual ears. Are you listening to me? It's been a puzzle to me why some people hear all this teaching and never does anything, never changes. They're still the same, going from one, one place of defeat to another place of defeat, from one trial to the next trial, and they always seem to be in trouble. Well, I'm just explaining to you why. What made the difference in the disciples' life was the coming of the Holy Spirit. The coming of the Spirit activated the teaching they received all those years from Jesus and literally the Word became flesh in them and it literally transformed their lives. Do you see? The Word and the Spirit, they work together. The Word without the Spirit can do nothing and the Spirit without the Word can do nothing. They must come together and become part of us, of our inner man. You see, the coming of the Spirit activated. Jesus said when He comes, He will remind you of everything I taught you. By the Spirit of the living God, when He came upon them, they stepped out of fear into boldness and tremendous courage. They stepped out of doubt into faith. You never see the disciples after that being afraid. In fact, the Bible says with great courage and boldness, they preached the word of God and great signs and wonders were done by the hands of the apostles. They stepped out of defeat into victory, out of failure into success. What made the difference? The Holy Spirit. We conclude, therefore, that natural knowledge of the Word without the hearing of the Spirit is insufficient to bring about the change that we desire. It is the Spirit that brings life. 
Jesus said, the flesh profits nothing. The things which are given to us by God are spiritual. They're not natural. They manifest in the natural, but they're not natural. They are spiritual and they reside in the realm of the spirit. Only spiritual people can receive spiritual things. Jesus said, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Ephesians says, one, chapter 1, verse 3, very important verse. Listen to what the word says. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Notice what the word says. The blessings of the Lord are spiritual. Are you hearing? But they manifest once we receive the blessing in, the in our spirits. They begin to manifest in the natural, in the physical realm, producing natural physical results. Amen? We can easily see this by what the scripture says. Proverbs 10, 22 says, The blessing of the Lord, which is spiritual, makes one rich, and it adds no sorrow to it. What does that mean? That means that prosperity is spiritual, but it does bring change and restoration to our financial situation. Let me give you another example. Forgiveness is spiritual. Redemption is spiritual. Healing is spiritual. Righteousness is spiritual. The mercy of the Lord is spiritual. All of these blessings are spiritual. Once they are received, though, and accepted by faith, not in the head, but in the heart, in our spirit, they have an impact on our physical, emotional, as well as our financial well-being. So, we conclude, therefore, that spiritual knowledge is far superior than natural knowledge. doesn't matter how much you know in your head, what you know in your heart that makes a difference in your life. University graduates, not many. I wonder what percentage of university graduates go on to prosper in their lives. A very few. Very few percent. Why? Because natural knowledge can only take you so far. But spiritual knowledge and wisdom is what makes the difference in the life of an individual. Spiritual knowledge, therefore, is to be sought after with passion. The Word of God says, my people are destroyed for what? For a lack of knowledge. He's not referring to natural knowledge. Christians are destroyed today because they have no spiritual knowledge. The devil is not destroying them. Well, he, he, he is the instrument that brings destruction, but the reason being is because they're ignorant of what of spiritual things. What you don't know can kill you, can destroy you. 
Therefore, I say that because all natural and physical things, things that you can see, things that you can touch, things that you can smell and feel were created by God who is what? A spirit. Therefore, we conclude that the spiritual world is the parent of this natural world. The function and the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to give us revelation knowledge and understanding, spiritual understanding of those things which have been freely given to us by God. That's what this study is all about. The more we recognize, the more we obey, the more we honor the person of the Holy Spirit within us, the greater the revelation will be of the things which belong to us in Christ Jesus. Jesus said in John 16 verse 15 that the Spirit, when He comes, He will glorify Him by taking what is His and declaring it to us, by taking what is Jesus and imparting it to us, declaring it to us. You see, let me conclude with these words. God's destiny for each individual is revealed by the Spirit because the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Amen? So, God's plans and purposes are also revealed, as I mentioned, by the Spirit. If you desire to know the plan and the purpose of God for your life, the only way you will get to know it is by and through the revelation of the Spirit. That's where I discovered my own calling. That's where I discovered my own gifting, my own strengths, as well as my own weakness. That's where I've discovered the mission that God has given me. No man revealed it to me. It was revealed to me by the Spirit, when? When I was in prayer, meditating in the Word. The Spirit came and made certain words alive in my spirit and in my mind, and He caused my path to shine brighter and brighter and brighter, revealing what my calling, what my purpose, what my destiny in life was. And I obeyed what the Spirit showed me. So, if you want to know what the calling of your life is, what God created you and destined you for, how God has gifted and anointed you, the only way you're going to find it is in the Spirit. We are spiritual beings living in a physical body in this natural physical world. And let me say this, just as we are well acquainted with the natural and physical part of our being, we need to also get well acquainted with the spiritual part of our being as well. Are you with me so far? Praise God. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is teaching us today. Spiritual education is necessary in helping us understand spiritual things. So what I'm giving you tonight is spiritual education, vitally important for the success of your life. Things which are not perceived by our physical senses. 
we must understand that there is a world beyond this natural world, a world which eyes cannot see, our physical ears cannot hear, the natural mind of man cannot understand, and that unseen world of the Spirit is the world that governs all natural things and events. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm speaking to spiritual people because you have received the Spirit of God. I want you to grow in the things of the Spirit. I want you to learn. I want you to grow as you get in the Word and as you meditate. I want to, what blesses me most is when I hear individual believers saying, Pastor, you know, I was meditating in the Word and this is what I received from God today. It just blessed and encouraged my heart to such an extent. Amen. Every time the Spirit shows you something, you, you, you take a step further into this world of the Spirit. You become more spiritual than you are natural. Amen. I trust that you've learned something. So remember, the first step or the first thing in the process of receiving from God is knowledge, not natural, spiritual knowledge, heart knowledge. So, for example, take a look at, take a stock of your life. Where are you struggling? Are you struggling in your finances? Are you struggling in your health? Are you struggling in your relationships? In your marriage. Stop educating yourself for a season about other things. Focus and concentrate on what you're struggling with. Take the scriptures that refer to your situation. Write them on a piece of paper. Constantly read them during the day, morning, noon, and night. Meditate on those scriptures until the word becomes flesh in you until that head knowledge drops down and becomes revelation knowledge, then you are empowered to receive what you ask from God. Restoration, health, prosperity, and whatever it is that you desire to receive from God. It belongs to you. Just like your right leg and just like your right hand belongs to you, all these blessings belong to us because Jesus paid with his precious blood, and purchased every blessing that we need to live a godly life in this present world. Now, next week, God willing, we'll step into the second phase, and we will look at the concept of faith. How does faith work? Because anything we receive from God can only be received by faith. So let's pray as we conclude our session tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are so thankful for your spirit. We are so grateful and thankful for your word. Thank you that you did not leave us as orphans. You have not left us without power, without help, without assistance. You said, I will come to you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will send you another comforter, the blessed Holy Spirit. He will guide you. He will teach you. He will take the words and the teachings that I've given you and will make them life and light to you. We thank you so much for the Spirit, for the written word, 
and we give you praise today. Help us to grow in these areas in Jesus' precious and wonderful name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.